The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Now, right now, joining me to discuss Opening Night Live are my colleagues, Cat Bailey, Jada Griffin, and our esteemed guest, Paris Lilly. How are y'all doing? Doing great. Amazing. Yes, okay, now let's just get right into the biggest reveal, starting with the new gameplay trailer for Black Myth Wukong. Like, first revealed back in 2020 by Chinese developer Game Science. What are our thoughts on this? Cat, let me start with you. I think that it is one of the most impressive looking games mm-hmm. of the show. I mean, obviously we have everybody and their mother trying to ape the success of Elden Ring and Dark Souls, but this is, looks like one of the most impressive action games on display. And of course, Journey to the West is a iconic story, basically mm-hmm. on the level of a Lord of the Rings type story. So seeing that in this sort of context is really cool. And Let's be honest, we've had plenty of uh, claymores and buster swords and stuff. Let, let's have a cool staff with a monkey. It's awesome. Yeah, I'm looking, I'm honestly looking forward to this. When, when we when we first saw this way back when in 2020, I know it just blew everyone away. Uh, Paris, what, what were your thoughts when you first saw this and now seeing this, this new trailer? I mean, the first time I saw it, it blew me away. Yeah. And to see it here again at Gamescom, yeah, I mean, this is going to be right up my alley. I mean, to kind of echo what Kat is saying, everyone's going to try and copy the king, right? Mm-hmm. With, El- with Elden Ring. And I think this is doing it in a very unique way that really has piqued my interest. Yeah, it's it's one thing to kind of set that standard, but I think, and, and you can expound upon it. And I think they're doing a great job. Jada, what, what, what are your thoughts? You know me, I'm a big Souls fan. You yeah. know, I love me some Sekiro. I love me some Elden Ring. I love me some Dark Souls. This looks to have a lot of those great elements. It's very fast. It's fluid. It's being developed on Unreal Engine 5. So it's going to look gorgeous, as we can already obviously see with this. I really hope we get to, you know, dive into some of the, the Monkey King kind of powers and like real trickery and stuff like that. I really want to see those type of elements the combat looks fantastic i want to see what's beneath the surface though and that's the big thing for me i need to see what's what's what beyond the surface yeah yeah i mean i feel like we're we're definitely sold on this we just need to kind of just peel back uh the 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 orange pills or the layers of the orange pill there's only one layer on an orange anyways (laughs) we got we we did see a lot so let's jump on to the next one which is crimson desert we we also saw crimson desert brand new open world action adventure announced back in 2020 at the games the game awards uh it looks even more gorgeous uh than it did back then like i feel like the longer we were looking at that trailer the more i realized just how massive and ambitious this game is 
Paris, what, what, what was your takeaway from what we saw? You know, I jokingly put in my notes as we we're watching that, I was calling this Tears of the Kingdom 3 <laughs> <laughs> with the way that it ended with him diving down. But mm -hmm. uh, no, it looked fantastic. It looked really good. I love the open world aspect of it. I think there's going to be a lot to do in that game. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for, for this type of genre, that's exactly what you want. So looks good. Yeah, Jada, what, what was your takeaway from that? It, we saw a lot. There we, was a lot of stuff in there. We got to pet dogs. Yeah. We got to carry cats. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a lot of explosives going on. So, I mean, those three things that I need in every game, that, yeah. and I'll enjoy it. Like, it's that's a 10 out of 10 thing for Jada. It's like, if I can pet the dogs, carry the cats, blow things up, yes, please. Yeah, like, I'm pretty Get sure there. in Crimson Desert, I also saw... Wasn't there someone with a flute? And there was, like, was it ducks or, or, or mice? Following, I'm not, I don't remember what was following, but yeah, I, there was definitely some little creatures that were following just, you know, the you know, character. Playing a piper. Yeah, Kat, what, what, what do you think of this? I think it looks fantastic. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, obviously, medieval action games, which you in which you're exploring the world a dime a dozen, but it seems like there are so many different mechanics happening here. Your toppling structures, you've got bow and arrow fighting, fishing, hijacking carriages, petting dogs. I think we've been talking about the comparisons to Breath of the Wild, but mm -hmm. GTA on horseback? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what I think. And look at those vistas. It's absolutely gorgeous. Uh, it's really, really impressive. Pearl Abyss is first in class in graphics. They tend to be kind of underrated in some ways. Mm -hmm. I think uh, Doke V, another game that they've been working on, is another similarly gorgeous-looking game. Black Desert Online has traditionally look been looking tr terrific. So I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. Um, the only thing is, is that... Not, not the biggest fan of like their their online actual gameplay. Mm. Yeah. So let's see how this translates into Crimson Desert. Yeah. So yeah, this it's funny that y'all y'all were thinking almost immediately Breath of the Wild. I don't know when I saw when I saw the character jump off that cliff. Fortnite popped into my head. Is that a little bit? Can yeah, I say yeah, that? Can I say yeah. that? Is that or, or are people gonna like roast me in the chat? Probably. <laughs> they're, they're gonna roast me. Uh, now, uh, Crimson uh, Desert uh, is not yet a known quantity, but let's talk about something that is a known quantity, and that's Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, with, we definitely should talk, touch upon it, because I know, Paris, you have very strong feelings um, on, on this game. Uh, let's talk about Phantom Liberty, the expansion. So what we what we just got to see yeah. really excites me because look we already knew about Idris Elba was going to mm -hmm. be a Keanu Reeves is coming back they're adding Dogtown the new area all that's great but they're completely overhauling Cyberpunk yeah. 2077 and and the thing that came out of this reveal is you know new skill tree is going to come out we're getting vehicle combat all these things that are happening in the game but most importantly with that 1.7 update it's all coming to the base game. Mm -hmm. So you you don't have to buy Phantom Liberty to take advantage of a lot of these new features and skills that are gonna be in Cyber Cyberpunk 2077. Not to mention, if you do get the expansion, you do get Idris Elba, you do get Dogtown, you're getting all this new extra content that's coming to the game. And I feel like this is kind of that true vision that CD Projekt Red wanted mm -hmm. when they first revealed this back in 2018. I think we're finally getting to that point with Phantom Liberty and all these updates that they're doing, you know, on a system level. So it's great. Yeah, I mean, we got like Relic skill tree, new yeah. vehicles, uh, vehicle combat, revamp police. Um, and like you said, it's it's uh, so some of the future will, features will also be added uh, to the base game uh, in a free 2.0 update, which I think is phenomenal. Uh, again, 
very known quantity. Let's move on to our next one. There was so much revealed. This was so so packed, and I want I want to make sure yeah. we have enough time to get to each and every one of it. We also got a new story trailer for Mortal Kombat One. Uh, you know, my my man, my man Raiden was looking kind of young and fresh. Yeah. That game is coming September nineteenth. Kat, I'm going to start with you. I know you love gore. It's <laughs> my what, favorite thing. Yes, I know wow. you love gore. You want more gore. Yeah. Amazing. What, what did you What did you think of of the the story trailer that we saw? The thing that I find interesting about Mortal Kombat is that you you can sort of say the single player storytelling is back in yeah. fighting games after more or less being gone for a long time. And Street Fighter and Tekken have their own takes, but Mortal Kombat's the king. They're the, they're the OG of amazing lore and storytelling. They're fully animated cutscenes. It's absolutely gorgeous. And we got to see that at length during this trailer. And it, it really serves to set Mortal Kombat apart, mm -hmm. I think, in this one. We got to see a lot of new characters. We got to see Empress Sindel, who she looks like a queen, my queen right here, <laughs> beating the crap out of everybody. The thing that I'm... I, I'm not the biggest Mortal Kombat fan. I'm more of a Street mm -hmm. Fighter, sorry. But I think that the thing that stands out to me about Mortal Kombat 1, I've said this before, is that I love how colorful it looks in this one. I'm actually a fan of the cameo system. It's a, yeah. it's a fun way to kind of mix up the dynamics. Um, as we know, like Liu Kang uh, basically rebooted the galaxy. And I have to say, I love Liu Kang's design aesthetic. Mm -hmm. Keep it up, Liu Kang. Yeah. Now, I, I got I got to say, I, I love the cameo uh, effect as well. I love that or, or that uh, uh, mechanic. But, you know, I, I love the one more uh, when, when um, Marvel vs. Capcom 2 did it, you know. Yeah, I mean, Marvel vs. Capcom, it's well, always I mean, been more of like assists and tag-ins. This is kind of like, it's the same thing, but different. Mortal Kombat mm -hmm. is doing their own spin on it. Mm -hmm. I love the uh, the fact that this new uh, cameo system is allowing us to bring Motaro back in there. Love me some centaur people. Um, it's <laughs> great to, uh, you just don't if see enough centaurs. Love centaurs. You, you're going to love Mortal Kombat 1. Um, but no, we saw Shao Kahn, as you saw, we saw some Sendel. Mm -hmm. um, like, Everything about this trailer is just really getting me more hyped as we get closer and closer to its release date. Yeah. We've been showing off so many trailers, and I, I, I just wonder how much more left are we going to get to see before it comes out? Yeah, it, it, a, a lot st stuck out for me, too. But I, I got to ask you, Paris, outside of the blood and gore, what stuck st stood out to you the most in this new trailer? What stood out to me the most is... I'm going to get destroyed when I play this game yeah, when it comes yeah, out in September. Yeah. That's, that's what stood out to me the most. No, it, it's looking good. I mean, like you said, we, we've had multiple trailers of it now. We've seen different looks of it. You just put, culminate it all together. This is going to be such a, a phenomenal, just new vision update to what the Mortal Kombat series has been. It's mm -hmm. almost like you're taking, I don't know, I'm bad on math, the 25 plus years of Mortal Kombat, and this is the culmination of that. All of it looks fantastic to me. Yeah, now let's let's move along. Again, like I said, there was a lot revealed. Um, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 was revealed. Uh, the release date um, is November 10th. We got six modernized multiplayer maps, uh, open world zombies. That st stood out to me the most. When I heard yeah. that, I was like, mm -hmm. oh, an open world zombie? A, a, a mechanic i mean like i'm i love the walking dead so if i get to you know shoot some zombies in an open world i'm excited can <laughs> what, what what do you think about this well it's not that dissimilar from earlier modes but i mean it does stand out in the sense that it is the first time that zombies has been part of this particular setting obviously yeah. very very popular mode that mm. goes back a long long way in the history of the series. The funny thing about Mortal, uh, Mortal Kombat, uh, Modern Warfare 3 is that so much of this leaked ahead of time. 
And there's a lot of question marks around it. A lot of people are saying, is this just fancy DLC? It's mm -hmm. being billed as a direct continuation of Modern Warfare 2. Uh, there was a lot of talk about how it was originally just going to be an expansion that got blown up into a full game. In some ways, it's a return to form for the game because it rolls back a lot of the big changes that people did not like from Modern Warfare 2. And it plays a lot in the nostalgia. In earlier trailers, we saw, for example, references to say, no Russia and everything. Yeah. <laughs> At this point, Call of Duty is its own big nostalgia property. Um, mm -hmm. I'm curious to see how they do the more open-ended single-player mission design because, as we know, Call of Duty campaigns are Call of Duty campaigns. Yeah. We got a taste of that in this trailer. It looks like Call of Duty. What can I say? But yeah. um, I'm actually more optimistic about Modern Warfare 3 than a lot of... Uh, the fans who have been kind of in the tank with it for a long time and are like, kind of, eh, I don't know, more Call of Duty. So mm -hmm. we'll see. Paris, what's your takeaway? Very similar to Kat, this, this trailer made me more optimistic about the campaign mm -hmm. and to take it a step further with, with the open openness of the campaign. We didn't get to see a lot of it here, but it makes me wonder, are they starting to kind of just make the campaign more of a sandbox to where we do have that creative freedom to do whatever we want from the weapons that we're picking, the vehicles that we're using, the different approaches that we can take to you know get to whatever the objective may be. I think if they can pull this off, yeah. I mean, it really opens up Call of Duty for the future for the campaign side, because I think myself and I know a lot of other people included, like, okay, let me go play the campaign, get it out of the way, mm -hmm. jump into the multiplayer. Yep. This could reinvigorate the campaign yep. and really get us more invested into that story. And just like I said, the sandbox. Yeah, like, there's a lot of complaints that, about Call of Duty, about it not doing enough new things from yeah. year to year. And so this is a great first step by adding this to the Call of Duty franchise and the, the formula. Um, and plus being able to carry stuff over from Modern Warfare 2 into Modern Warfare 3 is a nice little like, hey, give us a chance. Right. So mm -hmm. I think it's smart. I think the developers are doing a good job with this one so far. All right, now to kind of transition to something a little bit lighter, I got to talk about Sonic Superstars. You know, I have to mention Sonic Superstars coming October 17th. Uh, it's a new 2D adventure uh, from my blue boy. And we also got an announcement for the Final Horizon coming to Sonic Frontiers, which will have uh, a new story for fans to experience uh, new playable character and uh, new challenges as well. Uh, now let's shift back to the dark side, shall we? Alan Wake 2, coming out October 27th. Now we got a new trailer that focuses on uh, Alan. And it, th there were elements, th th there were like re real, th there were the real world elements, like kind of like interspersed with like the gameplay. What, what did we, what did we think of this? Uh, it's, you know, Alan Wake has always been the series of very much of blending the the normal mm -hmm. with the non-normal, the, 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 the strange, the weird. Uh, Remedy really, you know, got to dig in real deeper with uh, Control when it came out, and we got the Alan Wake DLC that covered that kind of, like, gave a little bit of both. And so, like, I'm really interested to see what lessons they took from Control or putting in Alan Wake 2. I'm really glad we finally got to see Alan Wake himself. And, like, yeah. it's great. Uh, I'm very excited to play as the new character as well. I, her name escapes me right now. But I'm very excited to see where this is going. This looks to be the most cinematic experience we've ever gotten from the Alan Wake franchise. So, um, I'm all in on this one. I don't know if it's going to be, like, a day one buy because this year is stacked, mm -hmm. but I'm definitely, it's definitely up on my list. Yeah, Paris, how about you? What, what, what was your... Well, it's funny, like you mentioned the lessons learned from Control. My mm -hmm. thought with the live action was there's some lessons learned from Quantum Break yes, as well. Mm -hmm. So it, it's funny when I think about Remedy over the past decade or so, they've kind of been building this 
Alan Wake universe with Quantum Break, with Control, and obviously American Nightmare. Now here we get Alan Wake 2. I keep saying it looks great, but but it looks great because yeah, it it does. You know, Remedy has really mm-hmm. built a reputation over the past few years, especially since Control yeah. with their game. So I'm I'm definitely in day one. Now I'm I'm excited for this one. We're we're running short on time. I have to mention this. You know, Zack Snyder was there, uh, <laughs> of course. You know, promoting uh, Rebel Moon. Uh, we also got a. I think it's a pretty decent size announcement there's gonna be a video game based on the movie rebel moon uh that's uh we have super evil megacorp working on that uh which they've worked on a few games um a a few roguelike games one based on the teenage mutant ninja turtles called is it splinter 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 destinies destinies something like that yeah yeah yeah. so i'm kind of curious what that'll look like honestly um you know and and one thing that we got which I wasn't gonna give any clout, but I'm gonna mention it. Someone ran up on the stage. Hmm. That wasn't wasn't really a reveal, but uh, it was something that took place. We're not gonna we're not gonna dwell on that. Um, but yeah, we, we're gonna be here, uh, you know, for a, a few more hours talking about this. There's so much more going on at Gamescom. It can be hard to keep track, but Gamescom now has you covered. Now you can explore and discover what the world's gaming industry has to offer and cast your vote for this year's Gamescom award. That's also where you can take part in Gamescom Epics, the text adventure game of the show. Now join the fun and you can win some cool prizes. Head to now.gamescom.global for more and make sure you don't miss the Gamescom Award Show this Friday or the annual cosplay contest and awards on Sunday. Also, don't forget, iGen will be here covering the show each and every day live on YouTube and Twitch. All right. Now, we need to take a quick break, but we've got tons more games to talk about in our countdown to day one. That's right, just day one of Gamescom Studio. Now, later on in the show, we have an extended trailer for Lords of the Fallen and an exclusive never-before-seen Hellboy trailer. Now, up next, we're talking to the developers of Tekken 8, and we have a great show coming up, but right now, we're going to take a quick break. Hello and welcome back to Gamescom Studio opening night live on IGN. Now we just watched Jeff Keighley's Gamescom kickoff showcase of big and exciting video games. And since we might want a little more, we're gonna check in on one of the biggest games of 2024, Tekken 8. Now we sat down with the people behind Tekken 8 and got them to tell us about some of the biggest new changes to the game. Take a look. Since 1994, the Tekken franchise has given the fighting game community some of the most memorable characters and iconic moments in the history of the genre. And nearly 30 years later, it's back with a brand new entry, Tekken 8. Here to break it all down for us is Katsuhiro Harada and Michael Murray. Hey, what's up? (laughs) So I'm going to jump right in. And I feel like the last time that we talked, it was at San Diego Comic-Con. So not that long ago, but... We did have a very interesting closed network test come up. So I do want to ask, what did you learn from the closed network tests? Obviously, going into the closed network test, first it's closed, right? So uh, the, the number of people who could participate was limited. We were foreseeing some problems that we wanted to actually test out in this environment. And uh, we did encounter those problems. But on the flip side, we were kind of surprised that the, the feedback was better than we expected regarding the player's experience on an online connection, that uh, they actually felt that the game felt pretty good over you know s- s- pretty substantial distances, I guess you could say. 
But the one thing that did stand out was the Wi-Fi connection. There was a great disparity between the LAN cable players and also the people on Wi-Fi. So we're hoping that we can maybe fine-tune the experience a little bit more for Wi-Fi players. Awesome. So I have to ask, because you announced that there are 32 characters in game. So what was that like bringing 32 individual characters to life in Tekken 8? It was a huge task in itself bringing 32 characters to the game. If you look at uh, other fighting games on the market, the number tends to be around 15 to 20 some. So 32 is quite a large number. And also, it's not just about being a fighting game and being able to play your character against opponents. Tekken also kind of has that element of being a character game where not just about the core fighting mechanics, but people want to see their character and see how they're portrayed in the story and how that plays out in the newest installment. So doing that for this game was quite a big hurdle. And also, you know, we wanted to have more, but because of the dev cost restraints, but also it takes quite a long time to create all these characters for the game. So all these kind of dictated the number at the end. That said, though, we do hope to have more post-launch, but this is the, the starting roster. And I myself would add that um, another element that made it quite difficult was they were all created from the ground up this time for Tekken 8. So that's totally new. Uh, all the character models were redone, which was uh, quite exciting because we were dealing with artists. Everyone's been making, for example, Jin Kazama for 20-some years now. But when you make the, the model from zero base, it's like little things are off and you have to kind of fine-tune to make sure they look exactly like the character that everyone remembers. So uh, there was quite a bit that went into the characters themselves. I never even thought about that, but that's actually really great insight. So, okay, so you talk about this being more than just a fighting game. So I know that there is more character personalization in Tekken 8. So are you telling me that I could put bunny ears on like all the characters? Yeah, so if you can imagine, you know, Tekken 7 itself had uh, a lot of customization options. So we've even increased it from there, the categories, etc. that you can uh, equip. So in general, yes, you could uh, most likely equip bunny ears to most of the characters. Though there are some limitations in certain cases, for example, maybe a character has horns or something that might conflict with it. So uh, we wouldn't say 100% on everyone, but uh, in general, yes, that's that's the case. In addition to not just the look of your character, but the look of various elements of your game, the life gauges and, and the, the player panels, etc. There's a lot that you can do there. Uh, but not just that, the, the music itself can be customized. So... We have a jukebox feature, which uh, the fans really loved for the PS version of, of Tekken 7, but it's back again for Tekken 8, so you can select different pieces of music for various areas of the game. I love that Tekken 8 seems to be really just showing so much love for the players. So in addition to that, we see that Arcade Quest is a new mode that's coming in. So can you share us some more details on what exactly this new mode is? So yes, the Arcade Quest is a brand new feature for Tekken 8. We just want to be totally clear that this doesn't replace the story mode that people are used to, which portrays the actual in-game characters and the story arcs and the machinimas, etc. This is totally separate from that. This is more about the player's story, and it's made to kind of recreate the arcade uh, feel that Harada and myself experienced when we were, you know, students and uh, many other people our age. I had a great time there. And we feel that that kind of was the roots of what grew into what we see now as esports, right? It started off as that kind of competitive culture in the arcade. So people from our generation will, will instantly recognize that and feel nostalgic. But for younger people, maybe they didn't have the chance because arcades weren't uh, as common as they, they are back then. So maybe it's the first time they're seeing a kind of a virtual arcade and they can kind of see, oh, this is where my parents were hanging out and enjoying themselves. Uh, and also to understand a little bit more about that competitive culture. 
So you can tell that from between the story mode and also this new arcade quest mode, there's a, a great deal of volume there for one-player content. So, you know, this new arcade quest mode, it lets you go through the mode and as a player, you're kind of evolving, learning the basics of not only the new features of Tekken 8, but also Tekken in general, the gameplay, and kind of helps you learn the ropes. But not just that, there's a, a cool new feature also that's been implemented with ghost characters. So it's kind of this... AI learning, not only does it kind of tailor your opponents, uh, so you'll see CPU opponents actually fight like real players, maybe even like a copy of some famous player you've seen in an esports stream, etc. But not just that, as you evolve as a player and get better, this AI ghost of yourself, it mimics you. So if you drop a combo, it'll mimic that. Uh, mimic all kinds of different aspects of your play. So you can see the AI ghost version of yourself get even more skillful as you as a player grow. Okay. So that's good to know because my AI is definitely just going to be spamming one move constantly. So if you find that one, that is me and I'm not even sorry about it. So actually speaking of fighting styles, so could you go into more details about how guard damage will affect the overall strategy in Tekken 8? How, how does this change the dynamics of a fight? Uh, fighting games are unique in one aspect, especially that if you're able to block your opponent's attacks, then you negate all the damage, right? Usually. So this is unique in that, for example, first-person shooters or others, if you line up your attack, you know, usually the damage happens. So this time, the key concept for, for Tekken 8 is uh, aggressiveness, right? So in order to kind of enhance this experience, one of the new uh, mechanics is certain attacks will deal kind of recoverable damage to your, your opponent. So this kind of alleviates the instance where you see two people going back and forth and they're unable to kind of break out of that match, right? So this is supposed to kind of foster players to make them want to go on the offense and to rush down their opponent. So this is what we call the tip damage on when you deal the damage while they're blocking, right? And also this can be recovered and by doing various different actions. So there is a way to alleviate that, but it is uh, designed to make the game more aggressive. Um, so speaking of unique elements within fighting games, what inspired the development team to create the brand new heat system and revised rage system? And how did you ensure it would resonate with longtime fans? So this with fighting games, it's quite interesting that to us, you know, each installment of Tekken is quite different with the different changes we've made to the battle systems. And we feel that players feel the same way who are actually following the games closely. But for people who aren't into fighting games, a lot of times just because the perspective of the screen from a sideways view looks the same, they'll be like, oh, fighting games haven't changed in, you know, how many years? That's not the case, we think. Especially this time with the heat system, it's designed for aggressive gameplay, like we were saying. And... It does many things. One of the, the main things is the inspiration was if you're watching some kind of a martial arts match and you see maybe there's back and forth and there's no big moments, but then all of a sudden a certain punch will land and then the outcome of the match changes drastically, right? So that was kind of the thing that we were going after for the heat system this time around to create those kind of iconic moments within a match, not just for the people playing, but for the people who are spectating. And granted, uh, the overall feedback we've gotten from both the CAT and then the closed test we did recently, it seems like overall the players really liked that new change and it felt new. Uh, we did get a lot of useful feedback, so we will be fine tuning the game and changing it a bit after that. Though. And just personally, I'd like to add one thing that, like Corrado's mentioning, is the main core concept of it. But uh, another cool thing I think uh, about the heat system is that uh, each character is kind of unique in their moves and their play styles and strategies. But then when the heat system kicks in for each character, it goes even more. Uh, they get access to new techniques during the, the heat state or 
uh, certain parameters like King, when he throws his opponents, he'll actually recover the heat gauge. So there's a lot of uh, things that make the characters even more unique when they're in the heat state. So I think that's a really cool addition this time. That's so cool. I can't believe you wanted to add more characters on top of all of that. That's actually crazy. I mean, this is going to be great. And uh, players don't have to wait too long, right? When actually does this game drop? It's coming January 26, 2024. Awesome. You heard it here. Thank you so much for speaking with us today. <laughs> <laughs> The Tekken 8 hits PC, PS5, and Xbox next year, and we'll be covering every hard-hitting moment right here on IGN as we count down for the day's frame. Woo, now that was a deeper look at Tekken 8 with game director Harada-san. Now, we know that that game will have a total of 32 characters all built from the ground up. Uh, we really got to talk about some of the new features. Like one of the new features is uh, the arcade quest, uh, which I'm kind of curious, how, we, how do we feel about this new mode? I think it's a really smart way for them to start breaking in more people to the fighting game community. Yeah. It's trying to really capitalize from what we learned in the interview. It, they're trying to capitalize on that feeling of older generations being able to go into the arcades, put a quarter down on the machine and have next. Like that just doesn't isn't a thing we really get anymore, no. um, and so they're trying to recreate that experience, and I'm very ex interested to see how that this experiment turns out for them. Yeah, I, I agree on that because um, I'm, I'm definitely one of those nostalgia people from the days of the arcade that used to put my quarter down, and I feel like this does two things: it, it grabs an audience like me, and first and foremost, I'm, I'm more of a casual Tekken player. I'm not super hardcore into it, so this attracts me to want to come back and start playing again, right? Because this feels like a mode that not only going to get me from a nostalgia standpoint, but even from a more casual standpoint, it's you're not immediately jumping into the hardcore modes of having to play tech and it can kind of ease yeah. you in understand the mechanics and you can go from there i in japan tekken tekken has a very long history in the arcade and mm -hmm. the arcade scene is a big part of its dna so i think this is as much for the japanese audience as it is for um everybody else but i love i like it when games are having fun yeah i love the yeah. vibe of it I liked that they had what looked like a press conference with the individual <laughs> customizable characters. That's a lot of fun. Um, and it just lends, it, it gives Tekken 8 a sense of joy Yeah, that I and really appreciate. Honestly, it's a great way to kind of just acknowledge the the, the story history that, that Tekken has of being an arcade first video game, right. a fighting game. You know, this is the first time and like I think in its almost 30 year history that it's it's this you're not going to see this. This is a console first game. Mm -hmm. So it's it's nice for them to kind of acknowledge that whole, you know, the past that they have. And as Harada-san stated in the interview, this will not replace the core story mode. So uh, if you're interested in that, you can still enjoy that as well. Um, now, let's talk about uh, a few other things. I want to talk about the uh, heat system uh, that's new to Tekken 8. Uh, but they also have uh, re returning um, which is something that first originated in Tekken 6, and that was the rage uh, uh, mechanic. Yeah. The rage system. Yeah, the rage system, you know, for anybody who's played since Tekken 6, you obviously know once your health re reduces to a certain amount, you can mm -hmm. activate rage and gives you the, that kind of bonus. It's kind of a, that their rubber band mechanic. So if you're getting almost getting sweeped, you have a chance to, you know, if you find an opening, you can make use of that opening. Mm -hmm. um, the heat system looks really cool. I'm very yeah. excited to see how that plays out. 
Um, I literally love that how all the characters, the heat system is going to work different for them. Yeah. So everybody is yep. already in Tekken is always known for their very unique flavor and style of combat. The heat system is going to turn that up another. Yes, it's very <laughs> aggressive. So um, I'm, I'm kind of curious uh, how many people here uh, were were involved in the open beta? Did, did, did any of y'all get to play in the open beta? I did not get a key. Only me? I did Only not. me. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, we just posted this on the from that interview. Uh -huh. They were talking about how uh, they were testing out the online. And as so y'all know, online is a kind of a bugbear for a lot of yeah. fighting games. They've introduced rollback netcode and whatnot. And a lot of these games, and Harada has said that actually it's exceeded expectations. Mm -hmm for the uh, closed beta network test, which is great. Um, they want to improve the the Wi-Fi play. Yeah. Um, Jada, you've played a fair amount of tech, and I'm curious, like, how have you found the online over the years? Uh, you know what? I try to avoid uh, Wi-Fi warriors as much as I can. Um, but sometimes, you know, you, you're traveling, and that's all you've got. Um, playing wife, on your Steam Deck? Playing you know? on my Steam Deck. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think I've actually tried tech on my Steam Deck yet. Um, but. I don't know. I'm always I'm a hardwired person. First, I really hope that the Wi-Fi settings are getting better. Like I said, I didn't get to test the the beta, so mm -hmm. I still need to see it firsthand. But I did hear good things from my friends that were in the beta. So yeah, you know, it was it was great. I'm I'm one of your friends, and I can I can attest to it. Being <laughs> I don't know if I great. can sign off on you being a friend. Oh, just my, kidding. Akeem's my pretty. friend. <laughs> we're friends, of course. We're friends. The thing that I like that I find interesting is to compare Tekken with Mortal Kombat, obviously, which is coming out. And uh, it just really, yeah. Anyway, Mortal Kombat uh, looks more accessible, I think. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right. Well, we're going to be uh, throwing to a break. Uh, coming up in a little bit, we're taking an extended look at Lords of the Fallen, and we have an exclusive trailer for Hellboy Web of Weird. And we'll be back with more right after this. Hello, everybody. Now, we've got something special for you, an exclusive extended trailer for Hexworks' upcoming Souls-like action RPG, Lords of the Fallen. So get ready to spend some more time in the realms of Axiom and Umbral. the metal for this crusader. You fail. I look upon you with pity, my lost child. For you have been deceived. Another sin. They brand me evil. A tyrant. Yet I offer you something they will not. A choice. No again, deathless one. After all the time mankind have had to shape their own destiny. See what they have made of it. War. Greed. Hatred. Suffering. Now you will know darkness, brother.
And remember, you look into the shadows, might be the shadows look back. that was an extended look at Lords of the Fallen. Now let's just get right into it. Will this deliver us the first true next-gen Souls experience? And how excited are we for this one? Jada, I already know. I already know how you feel about it, but that do was you? pointed do towards you. you. you, do you that know was pointed how, towards how you, feel, yes. How do I feel about it, Akeem? You're, you're, you think it's great. You think I it's do? phenomenal. You think you're it's fantastic. Right, you're right, you're entitled. But I want you to go into detail. You want me to go into detail. Yes. yes. I, so I haven't got a chance to put my, play, get hands on with this yet, but mm -hmm. from everything I've been seeing, it's an IGN first. We've got tons of videos and coverage we've been covering. I just can't get enough of this game. The Axiom and Umbral worlds, that whole mechanic of having a lantern that you can hold up and look into the darkness. There's enemies that can attack you from that realm if they see you while you're doing that and pull you into this realm is a mechanic that I've not really experienced in a game before, so that's really cool. Um, the fact that it's they're changing how death kind of works. So when you die in Axiom, you move to the Umbral Realm, and then when you die, you move, then you get the traditional lose all your currency, lose souls, mm -hmm. whatever it ends up being in uh, Lords of the Fallen. So I really like that. Kind of gives you that second chance to yeah. fight back um, mid-boss fight, because sometimes, you know, you just like, I know I dodged that darn that attack. Yeah. I know I dodged it, um, yeah. but I'm hyped for it. Yeah, same. Like, I, I feel like, uh, you know, the whole Axiom and Umbral World uh, dynamic uh, is is really interesting. I, I was watching gameplay of, of someone that went into the Umbral World. They were alive. But in the in 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 the Axiom World, they they peered through and they saw a passage that was underneath the water. And then they died because they forgot. And they were in the Umbral World and they died because then they were actually alive. And I like but that dynamic. But when they went back to the other realm, yeah. it was flooded and they yeah. just drowned. Yeah. Really amazing Paris. I got to know what you think. What's your vibe I, on this? I, I think you're on board again. I think as a Souls fan, yeah, you're you're going to be in on this day one because mm -hmm. I think of exactly what you're talking about. This is adding a new wrinkle yeah. to the to the genre, right? A new new gameplay mechanic to take advantage of. My concern mm. would be when it's coming out. Okay. Yes. October's already crazy. It's dropping right in the middle of that. I just wonder. The dedicated Souls fans are going to be there day one. We already 100%. know that. Yeah. But I think people that are on, on the fringe, is that the right time for it to mm -hmm. be coming out? Now, everything that we saw in this extended trailer, the IGN first, the other previews I've seen, it all looks great. This all looks top tier. I, I'm just concerned about it attracting a, a new audience yeah. into it. Will it have the breathing room that it'll need to be able to mm -hmm. do that? Yeah. Also, yeah, there's, there's a lot coming, coming out around that yeah. time, too. Uh, but I, I have a... Pointed question towards you, Kat. I'm kind of curious. Well, you, you all can question. answer this. It's, uh, I'm pointing at you. That's what I mean. <laughs> Whenever I say a pointed question, I mean because I'm pointing at mm. you. Uh, now, I know we don't want to kill it, but do we think this will be an Elden Ring killer? You cannot kill something by being so similar to it. <laughs> right. I mean... We've been asking this since the days of Doom, and it was always something totally different coming out yeah. and shocking us. And maybe Lords of the Fallen will not be that. Um, it's interesting because Elden Ring, of course, was open world. This is yep. more curated. This is more straightforward. Um, one thing that I hope uh, for with Lords of the Fallen, Elden Ring is gorgeous. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean like graphically. I mean that often has scenes of pure beauty. Yeah. And Lords of the Fallen is really leans into the, the darkness. It reminds me a little bit of Shadow of War or Shadow of Mordor a little bit in mm. terms of the mm. overall aesthetic. A lot of reds, a lot of browns and that kind of thing. I hope it has moments of beauty 
to offset that. That's that's my main hope. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I'm I'm hoping for that too. I, there's probably not going to be any beauty in the Umbra world, though. I'm gonna I'm gonna just say that right now. Beauty's in the eye of the beholder, Akeem. Mm. So I mean, it's all depending on your own tastes. There, I'm sure there's some people out there. This is their aesthetic. This, okay. They well, find this beautiful. So well, Hollow Knight could be beautiful, but it was also very dark as yes. well. Yeah. Yes, in many ways. Well, let's talk about our tastes. Uh, so we have uh, ten starting classes. Uh, what, what do we think about the starting classes in this one? We have, you know. Black Feather Ranger, Condemned, Dark Crusader, Exiled Stalker, Hollow Knight. There's so many different ones, 10 to be specific. What, what do we think about the starting classes in this game? I think it's really cool. That, um, I mean, it's I don't think any Souls fan is going to be super surprised by the type of classes. There's a yeah. bunch of classes that are based around magic. There's mm -hmm. the Pyromancy class. There's the more kind of, I think, like holy kind of based magic. Then you've got the, you know, the heavy weapon. You've got the kind of like... Uh, you know, swords and shields. You've got the great swords. You've got all those types of different weapons. The big thing for me around this is really seeing how these kind of stand out, how these archetypes are going to kind of stand out. And remember, these are just your starting points for your characters. You can roll a pyromancer and get five levels in and be like, I don't really like fire magic. I don't know how anybody out there doesn't like fire magic, but you could make the swap and be like, I'm just going to roll around with a big old mace or a club and do mm -hmm. all those types of things. Uh, Paris, what, do, you, do you play the Souls games? What's your, what's your go-to? I'm 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 fringe, okay. you know. I'm I'm more of a if I were to play this I'd be like a hollow knight, you know. Yeah. I'm I'm going to come in more mm -hmm. more as a as as a tank type of character. Now, I I do have a side question I would like to throw out along those lines. I'm curious more about the boss variety mm -hmm. that we're going to mm -hmm. see in yeah. this because Typically, when you're in the Souls game, that's what brings you back are the different type of bosses you're going to see, type of challenges that they're going to provide to you, etc. So that'll be interesting to see once the game is out, how diverse that's going to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they mentioned during the trailer, they mentioned like chaos, rage, suffering, um, and there was a couple other ones, greed um, and hatred. Um, I'm wondering if those are kind of like the overarching elements right, of these right. big bosses, yeah, yeah. like if they're theming yeah. them around that, yeah. which would be a cool little thing. So um, it's a do. secret Dante's Inferno. Yeah, <laughs> very much, yes. It's just, just a few less circles so, yeah. to go through to get to hell. Um, and the, the, I think one of the big things for me is, um, we didn't talk about it a whole lot, but co-op in this game is much easier than any other Souls game out there. Yeah, it, uh, yeah explain that to us. Like, how, how so? Yeah, uh, to summarize it real quickly, basically... Um, there's like, I, I believe they're called vestiges. They're basically the bonfires of this game. Uh, you can go in and you can just kind of like invite other players, your mm -hmm. friends, or your friends can join in on you from these points and they stay with you as long as they want to stay. It's not an Elden Ring like, hey, we killed this one little boss. I'll summon you back by consuming a gnawed finger or a rotted finger mm -hmm. um, because that's what, you know, FromSoft likes to do. They like us to eat rotted fingers to bring our friends <laughs> to the party. <laughs> oh, man. Well, so, so many good points here, uh, especially Paris. I, 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 I kind of I, I sense what you're saying. I, I know the Souls fans are going to be there for this. Yeah. But for, for people that aren't su uh, super big on Souls games, uh, with everything else that's coming out, uh, like it might have a hard time, you know, you know, buying into this. But it still looks beautiful. Yeah, it does. And it's a beautiful, beautiful picture. Speaking of pictures, if a picture is worth a thousand words, then a trailer has got to be several billion at least, right? So instead of me telling you how sick the new Hellboy game looks, let's take a look for yourself. Go. So, what are we dealing with here? 
Four psychic spikes measured at over 180 BPUs. Italy, Russia, Scotland, and the US. Your job is to find Roberts and investigate possible links between this location and the spikes before they cause any further uh, repercussions. <laughs> That's a fun word. Here goes nothing. Um, gonna be so definitely not Kansas. Good night. The further you travel the world, the closer you will come to that which corrupts us all. Hellboy Web of Weird. Now this is an original story in partnership with Dark Horse Comics. Mike Mignola, the creator, is also attached to it, which is awesome. Now well, what do we think about that? Like the, first off, the graphics, I gotta say, I, I love the cell shading. It really is reminiscent to the graphic novel. Uh, what, what did y'all think of this? Paris, let me start uh, with I, you. I, I think from a visual standpoint, it looked phenomenal to yeah. your point, the, the cell shading on this. Um, I've been, been uh, somewhat big fan of Hellboy over the years. So to see this come into the game this way, if they can just nail that Hellblade-esque type of story, mm -hmm. depending on what they're going to do here, I think this will be a great addition. Supposedly the story is uh, surrounding the Butterfly House, oh, said okay. to tie around multiple independent stories into one. So we'll see how well yeah. those kind of multiple stories right. merge into one. Um, I, I hope they're not getting too ambitious with it yeah. um, because I, I also like Hellboy. I'm not a huge fan, but I do like seeing Hellboy in the landscape yeah. of our content. Yeah, no, this, this is uh, being developed by uh, Upstream Arcade. Um, which I think honestly they were perfect for this job because uh, one, of, one of their previous games, uh, West of Dead, The Path of the Crow, is very reminiscent to that, of this particular style that we're looking at, this cell shade, shaded style that we're looking at here. I'm honestly glad they went with this, went this direction and not the direction of you know the movies. Uh, just because again, like I, I'm pretty sure they're catering to the, the old school um, uh, graphic novel yeah. fans for this. Um, what, what do you think about the combat system, Kat? What's your take on this? It's funny because when I was watching them play, my first thought was Mad World. Does anybody remember oh, Mad yeah. World? I love me some Mad mm. World. Back on the Wii. Back in one of the OG Platinum games on the Ooh. Nintendo Wii. That one was a lot more violent and it was also black and white with splashes of red. But for whatever reason, maybe it's just the, the perspective, the the movement of the uh, the actual combat and everything. That was my, my first thought. Um, I think that sort of the pacing of it makes it look a lot more, um, shall we say, tactical. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's kind of fun, actually, because so many games are very much a like super fast paced, uh, hit them and everything. So I, I like to think a lot more. I, I hope you're right, because it definitely yeah. the combat didn't look very, didn't look smooth to me. Mm -hmm. It looked a little clunky, mm -hmm. um, but I imagine that is just based on whatever combat system they're using. Um, I, I just I want to I need to see more, and I need to get hands on with this before I can make 
a, a better judgment on yeah, it. I yeah, think that, I think that's all valid and fair. Just got to get more hands on. Honestly, I wonder if that clunkiness is kind of like a, a, a creative direction that they took, maybe, you know, kind of like, you know, we've seen Into the Spider-Verse where it kind of, it's kind of jittery in movement. Yeah. Uh, again, this is a video game, so it could be interpreted as like, it's just kind of, it's just clunky and maybe it just needs to be polished a little bit more. Uh, but Hellboy, Web of Weird, good stuff. Now, coming up, we've got some brand spanking new gameplay and details on the first Descendant, plus an exclusive extended look at Warhaven and Killing Floor 3 right here on Gamescom Studio opening a night live. But right now, we need to take a very quick break, so stick around. This episode of Podcast Beyond is brought to you by NordVPN, a great way to protect yourself online while also improving your overall experience while enjoying cyberspace. Are you tired of streaming shows, movies, or sporting events being unavailable in your region due to draconian restrictions that are based on completely arbitrary geographical boundaries in physical meat space? Well, switch your virtual location to a place where that's no longer an issue. The same goes for shopping. You can get the best possible deal on subscriptions, flights, hotels, and other goods and services like that from websites that like to play favorites with certain territories and currencies. Meanwhile, encrypted traffic protects your data from hackers, viruses, malware, phishing sites, and other harmful hitchhikers of the information superhighway. Though really, it's more of an information autobahn because there is no speed limit with NordVPN. It is the fastest VPN in the world, so there won't be any buffering or lagging, and it'll stop your ISP from throttling your bandwidth. Isn't that nice? One NordVPN account can be used across six devices, which is great. My wife has been using our account to watch all sorts of awful British reality TV shows that aren't available here, like Argument Island or Half Naked Idiots Fall in Love, and everyone's favorite, The Worst People Just Got Married, Let's Hear Them Talk About It. Shows that are so bad, they're blocked in our part of the world for our own good, but luckily, NordVPN allows her to trick the internet into thinking she's in the UK, so she and her awful friends can shriek and howl and cackle at the TV while I'm trying to relax. I've been using my VPN too. You know what I've been using it for? None of your business. Yep, that's right. And thanks to NordVPN, my data is safely encrypted, all bundled up in a weighted security blanket of incomprehensibly complex math problems, and nobody can tell what it's doing under there. Data, you do your thing. I'll leave you alone. One month of NordVPN coverage costs less than a cup of coffee. Coffee can't protect you from cyber criminals unless you throw it at them or pour it on their computers, and you'll probably get in trouble for doing that. So get NordVPN instead. To get the best possible discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash pobeyond. That link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Again, that is nordvpn.com slash pobeyond. And now, back to the show. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world. That ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hello, we're back, and you're watching Games right here on IGN. Now, later on, we've got new gameplay for the upcoming fantasy combat game Warhaven and an interview with the game's producer. But right now, we're talking with the developers of the futuristic shooter, The First Descendant. Let's take a listen. The First Descendant is a gritty and stylish looter shooter that pits you and your friends against hordes of deadly enemies in a fight for survival. Well, for the human race. So yeah, absolutely no pressure. Here to tell me all about it is Min Seok Ju, director of The First Descendant. 안녕하세요. 안녕하세요. <laughs> 
So I'm going to jump right in. So can you set the stage for us? When and where does the first Descendant take place? And who do players control and what exactly is at stake? Uh, all right, first of all, the uh, first Descendant takes place in a virtual place called Ingress. So the players will be playing the characters called Descendants with special powers, and they will be fighting against another enemy called Volgus that try to invade the Ingress world. And these Volguses are from another world called Clippus, and they try to invade the Ingress by opening a void and a dimensional por uh, a portal. And when they open the void, another threat called the Colossus and unknown beings, they come to another great threat for humanity and also the Volgus. So it will be a story where the players play the descendants and they will fight both the Volgus and fight against the, the huge Colossus bosses. Awesome. Okay. So what was the development process like creating this in Unreal Engine 5? We've been developing the first descendants from by using Unreal Engine 5 and we've been using the latest techniques like Lumen and we're trying to make a looter shooter game that outstands all other genre by the highest graphics. And we are very aware that a lot of users are concerned about optimization when we are using Unreal Engine 5. But yeah, we are keeping our developments to make that optimizations. Amazing. I mean, the game looks beautiful. So um, yeah, tell us about the mission and the world structure. How big are the maps here? Yes, we have various uh, missions and maps. And, and in each areas and fields, uh, the players will be encountering a lot of missions. And during our crossplay open beta, you, could be, you can experience a lot of missions during the fields. And there will be more contents and more missions at our launch point. And as you know, we're a game type that you have to play again and again the missions over and over to get more items and get stronger. So uh, we expect a lot of players to spend a lot of their time in the field missions, and we expect them to encounter other uh, players, and we expect them to make friends and form community. Awesome. So in speaking about the community, can you go into some detail about how the free-to-play business is going to look like for the next, uh, the first Descendant. Can you tell us a little bit about the business model here with microtransactions versus season passes or what you might have in store? Uh, yes, the first Descendant is a free-to-play game. We will be uh, introducing battle passes and cosmetic features and maybe items that could help your growth and help your convenience. And we are very well known that a lot of Players are wondering how the business model will go, and we basically want a lot of a lot of users to come and play our our game. So we don't want to pressure the users by the business model. Yeah, for example, battle passes will have free items for all the users as well, and for the details, we will show later on. So. Um... Please explain how weapon customization will work and how it'll affect combat strategies in the game. So in the first Descendants, you could modify weapons by using modules. For example, you could put modules on the weapon and make it uh, shoot faster or have greater damage or uh, extend the bullet rounds. 
So we wish that our users find their playstyle and find their own weapon and find their own customizations and make a play that fits their playstyle. Additionally, I want to talk about customizing rather than putting modules in weapons. We could put modules for the characters as well. And we have a lot of skills for the characters. And when you put a module in, you could change that uh, type of uh, skill and change it as well. So other than the weapons, we want the users to find modules to match their play. So will defeating bosses unlock specific modules then that you can add to your guns or your player's customization? Yeah, there'll be a mode called uh, Void Intercept Battles. And in that Void Intercept Battle, there will be uh, huge bosses. And when Descendants defeat the Colossuses, they will be rewarded with rare ultimate modules and customizing parts. And uh, the items that fall in from the Void Intercept Battles are very different from items that fall from the normal field. For example, you could get uh, ultimate modules from beating the bosses that can maybe when you roll and you could get your rounds charged up right away. And another thing is when you beat the boss, you can open an amorphous material that you have. And when you open an amorphous material, you can get items that help you research for a new descendant or ultimate weapons singly or make a, make a squad and go challenge for the void intercept battles. And they would get more higher items and get stronger. Okay, so this is a great lead into my last question. So with all these elements, and let's say there's there are going to be players who finish the game really fast, unlock every descendant, so how are you going to keep this gameplay fresh for those players? Are there going to be DLCs that maybe expand the story or add new descendants in? We will be uh, having continuous live updates. What we are thinking right now, we are trying to have live updates as in part of seasons. When we have new seasons, we'll have new descendant characters, we'll have new bosses, we'll have new weapons. And with each season, we'll need require uh, different metas. We'll, we'll be changing the systems to have contents that could last for the users to play. Um, so when can players expect to play this crossplay beta? Yes, we're having the crossplay open beta from September 19th to the 25th. So we're supporting the game from PlayStation, Xbox, and also PC. And we've made so many changes from the last Steam beta. So we want a lot of users to be interested and we want tons of users joining our crossplay beta. I have to ask, is the bunny armor in this beta? Kutoki armor beta? Of course. <gasps> I'm playing it for sure. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> all right, thank you so much. That was The First Descendant coming to PC and console soon. For all things The First Descendant, be sure to stick right here with IGN. 
All right, and that was a look at what's new in The First Descendant right here on Gamescom Studio Opening Night Live. And in just a second, we're going to talk about some of the highlights from Opening Night Live. But first, the biggest video game event on the planet also cares about the planet. Now, this year's Gamescom Goes Green initiative has made some huge leaps forward. Not only is this year's core event 100% climate neutral, it's also running on 100% renewable energy. Meanwhile, the Gamescom force continues to grow thanks to donations from attendees. And in addition to participating in Gamescom Carbon Offset Program, exhibitors, exhibitors are doing their part by building more sustainability using portions of their booths and avoiding single-use material. Now, best of all, Gamescom has teamed up with the UN's Playing for the Planet initiative to present the Green Studio of the Year Award during Opening Night Live, helping encourage sustainability across the games industry. Now, find out more at Playing for the planet.org. And of course, for everything else going on with Gamescom year-round, you can stay up to date by following the official accounts on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube. Now, coming up, we've got a look at the upcoming action game Warhaven, followed by a behind-the-scenes peek at The Killing Floor 3. And later, we take a very chill and relaxing train ride in Station to Station. Okay. Let's jump into First Descendant. Now, it's a free-to-play, a third-person co-op looter shooter RPG. Ten different Descendants built in Unreal Engine 5. What did we think about this one? So there's going to be more uh, Descendants we'll be able to pick from. I think there's three more that they've kind of, like, somewhat unveiled, but they mm -hmm. haven't revealed all the details for. I think this looks interesting. Um, I don't know if it's enough to get me in right off the bat right now, yeah. um, but I'm seeing a lot of elements that I do enjoy um, when it comes to looter shooters. It seems to have a nice variance of the different characters, the different classes that's going to really uh, require you to work in co-op when you're taking on these giant colossi. Um, I don't know how I feel about some of like the, the glowing things on the uh, the claw side to attack i understand you've got to make that like very obvious yeah um for for clarity um but i think there's also ways to do it um to where it's not so just like distracting mm -hmm. kind of um but i think it looks cool i think um hopefully there's some of these big colossi battles have some like raid mechanics like you'd see in like a destiny or something um if it's got that type of stuff i'll probably at least give it a shot yeah paris what's your what's your take on this one yeah, for me, this looks like Destiny and Outriders got married and had a baby. Yeah, yeah. that's what this looks like. To <laughs> that me. was a descendant. It was yeah, a, there you go. Movie. There you go. Right, right yeah. there in the name. But no, this look, this looks good. This is, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a huge looter shooter guy. Like I love Destiny. I love the Division. I loved Outriders. Things of that nature. So seeing this is right along the lines of that, and to the point that you were just making. My only con two concerns I would have right now would be. I want to see what the end game looks like for, for this kind of game, which yeah. would be yes. raids, things like that, where being more cooperative, you know, more complex things that you have to take down. And then it would be, since this is free to play, what is the MTX going to look like on this? Mm -hmm. um, as long as they keep the pay to win element out of it, which I'm sure most developers are smart enough to do in this day and age. I think this will be fine. I think this has a, a chance to grab an audience, especially people that are familiar with Destiny and the Division, things like that, to at least give it a try. And yeah. if the gameplay loop is good enough, in-game strong enough, I think this can build an audience. I think they said that the microtransactions are all cosmetic-based. Right, right. So mm -hmm. we'll see yeah. what that I think, exactly I think means. everybody but these days needs to say yes. that off the But bat. sometimes yeah. those cosmetics are very expensive. It yes. takes yes. a lot of grinding, and people yes. get unhappy about yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. I, I think, uh, I mean, to, to what Paris said, I, I feel like my fear... Um, for, for this game is the fact that, you know, people might look at it and, and think about 
a game that it reminds them of. Like this is a this is a new property, and of course, you know, it 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 is very reminiscent of, of other games. Uh, you know, in genre. I mean, how how do you captivate that audience though? That's that's my question. Well, that's like, why I brought up the end game because yeah. that that's what gets you to stick around. Absolutely, right? yeah. because we've seen other looter shooters basically come and go over the past few years, mm-hmm. and it's always. You'll have a great start. Oh man, this is this is fun. I'm having a, a great time with this. Mm-hmm. But then we get into month three, month six, month nine of what we're doing. I'm like, well, what's next? What else? What is the new challenge that you're giving me? Other than I'm just repeating the same gameplay loop over and over. So that'll be the challenge that this will have, where they have something compelling enough in the end game to keep the more advanced players sticking around. And mm-hmm. I know, big. Oh, go ahead. I think the gameplay has to feel good. I think yeah. that one of the thing, reasons that people have stuck with Destiny as long as they have is that it has first-in-class yes. um, actual shooting. Absolutely. And I think that's a, that's a big one for this one. And will it have bullet sponge bosses? Will uh, I mean, it has grappling hooks. Will the actual movement feel really, really good? Yeah. Uh, will the classes complement one another in ways that are fairly deep? Will it lean into the kind of the wickification of gaming where people are going to be thinking a lot about their builds and the actual um, individual loot? Uh, that's going to be ultimately what keeps uh, people playing. That's what kind of leans into what you're talking about with the end game. The other thing is I really hope they lean into... Uh, the aesthetic and making it look fun, making it look different. we were talking about the bunny ears. That's cute. Mm-hmm. I like yeah. that. Uh, lean into that. Like it's, it was interesting seeing, like in this dystopian world, there there was one of the descendants that was just jumping around in a in a in in the the pool hmm. over there, um, having I think a good that's time. Called a lake when it's outside. It's an outside lake, Maybe right? Some sort of natural some sort of natural waters. Well, I mean, it looked like a puddle to me. It just looked like an oversized <laughs> puddle. Uh, anyways, let's talk about the customization because uh, you can you can customize uh, your player and your rep- weapons, uh, and you can get rare modules. Uh, when you you defeat one of the the colossi, uh, well, what do we think about the customization in First Descendant? I, th- I think it's. I need to see. They haven't really shown off what it is. Yeah. They talked a little bit about what it could be and yep. a few elements. The big thing for me is how far can we push the system? Can mm-hmm. I am I able to do things that kind of break it? You know, right. to like to find these cool builds, and then also, am I going to get loadouts? Because yeah. nothing is worse than scrapping a whole build for a different thing to try something new and then it not being able to go back easily and spending a bunch wasting a bunch of time in menus instead of playing the game and trying what works i think the secret might still be the grappling hook like just the mobility the movement uh that could end up being really fun funnily enough the game that came to mind i already mentioned one platinum game here's another one vanquish yeah Um, Mm -hmm. another game that was heavy on movement and mobility and if they can nail something like that, they could have something really intriguing, actually. Yeah, like, so, you know, for a game like this, I think, you know, keep, keeping a game like this uh, fresh is definitely important. Like, like Paris was talking about, like, the end game, and they mentioned, like, continuous updates uh, for this. But my, my, my last question for this is, do we think there's enough space in this game category to keep the interest among fans and gamers of this particular genre? Sure. Uh, if, if it's really good, people yeah. will move over because so many of these games like Destiny have been around for so long at this yeah, point. that's true. Mm-hmm. So people are sort of desperate for a really, really good service game. It's just that it's so hard to keep those going because it's so easy for the community to turn toxic. So it's a challenge. Yeah. Well, let's hope the First Ascendant uh, community stays fresh. 
fresh. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> now, coming up next, we've got a brand new look at Warhaven. Right after this quick break, stick around. Gamescom Studio Opening Night Live continues after this. Hey, welcome back to Gamescom Studio Opening Night Live right here on IGN. Now, coming up next is an extended look at Warhaven, the upcoming medieval fantasy combat game. And right after that, we'll talk with the developers to check it out. as traitors to the crown and banished from the land. <laughs> disbanded and its conspirators put to death. Imagine his throne saved.
kings shall never find peace. Not in life. Or in death. If you've ever read up on medieval historical battles and thought, hey, I would have done a way better job than those guys, we have some great news. Warhaven is the brand new medieval multiplayer game that lets you travel back in time to prove it. Here to tell me all about it is Eunseok Yi, director of Warhaven. 안녕하세요, 반갑습니다. 안녕하세요, 반갑습니다. 이은석입니다. So I have my first and fun question. Would you say Warhaven is like Battlefield, but with swords? Uh, yes, it's a straightforward question. It's a bit direct, but I can say yes. Warhaven is battlefield with swords. So, how does the transformation into an immortal work in game, and what strategies can players employ to leverage this feature? 네, uh, so we wanted to deploy immortals into our game because we wanted to provide some kind of alt experience that other games might have, but. Before, we had a system where you had to fight and accumulate battlefield points to actually transform into immortals. But this time around, during early access, you'll be able to play as an immortal anytime, so you can transform on the battlefield whenever you want. So every player will at least have one chance to transform into any immortal of their choice at the time of their choice during battle. Some players might think they need to transform into an immortal at the end of a match, right before the ending is coming. But some players might think, oh, I'll transform right at the beginning of the match so that I can dominate the field first. So that's one of the fun points that players can consider during the game. Yeah, I'll definitely be one of those players doing it in the beginning. With the game being free to play, what's your approach to in-game purchases and how are you making sure they won't affect the game's balance? So yes, that's a really good question. I think a lot of players would be interested in how microtransaction in Warhaven works. We can say that there will be those types of features in the game, but however, none of them will be pay to win. All of them will be cosmetics only. So you get to choose what you want to buy and how you want to look in game. That's a good thing. And we'll also have Warhaven's unique twist on what you call a battle pass that we've seen in different games as well. It's basically Warhaven's mix of a battle pass plus Monopoly. So you get to do conquests and exploration across a huge map while also getting in-game rewards for that. So that's, I think, something that players will really enjoy. Have there been any updates to Warhaven coming to consoles? I know there was a last post saying that you know, you'd be considering this, but I wanted to know if there were any official updates yet. So yes, there's been a lot of news about whether Warhaven is coming to consoles, and we're looking into it. That's all I can say for now, but keep your eyes peeled in the future, please. So how many maps will be available at launch? During early access, we will be providing up to five maps initially, but there will be different modes 
that you can play on these different maps. Therefore, we will have more than 10 overall uh, modes and maps for you to play on. Okay, so I have a question about the amount of people you can have on your teams. Are we able to team up with a full party of 16 players at some point? I know currently it's only about four players in a squad. So we've made some changes uh, from the Steam Next Fest to early access. And during Steam Next Fest, we initially had, you know, 16 versus 16 players, but we've changed that currently to 12 versus 12 players. And we've also changed the number of people that can be on one squad. So during SNF, it was uh, four people to a squad, but now it's three people to a squad. So you can team up with at least two other friends of yours, bring them into Warhaven and fight in um, groups of, you know, uh, three, four squads. So three per squad and then, you know, four squads for each team. So this might already be in the game, but I'm not entirely sure with the new update. But will there be a parry added to gameplay at launch? So when you say parry, I don't know what um, sword fighting gamers might expect from that word. You know, they've played a lot of different games, such as, you know, Sekiro or, you know, For Honor, other games. But in our game, we do have a parry mechanism that is a bit different, maybe, than the other games. And it will give you an advantage in fighting, you know, if another if another soldier comes at you with the sword and you have to block it, that will, you know, affect whether you die or live. So yeah, there's going to be a mechanic in the game. Okay, yeah. So in the most recent beta, we saw some game modes get taken away from the playlist. Will those be returning in the full release? During early access, we will have a few modes that some players might already be familiar with. Uh, we'll have onslaught which is basically your team has to advance into the enemy's territory and you have to push forward uh and you have to stop them from pushing back basically we'll also have dominion which will be um conquering basically different control zones you'll ha either have the option of choosing between one control zone or three control zones and we'll also have um one of our internal favorites which is arms race is protecting a um war machine from one goal to another goal while fighting enemies. Some of the players initially who uh, have known Warhaven until now, they might think the modes rules were a bit difficult, but we've simplified them down so that everyone can enjoy them more easily. Our default playstyle is 12 on 12, but we've also added a new mode, which is 6v6, and that will be for team deathmatch and capture the flag modes, which everyone loves. Okay. What was the reasoning for removing ally collision and directional swing? So yes, you pointed out a good point. During SNF, people did notice that ally collision was not in the game. So we did hear their feedback. A lot of people were saying they didn't like that feature. So we did bring it back for early access. And I hope that's good news for players who are looking forward to it. Um, initially, the reasoning why we removed it is because we thought when each player uses their skills, um, no one wants anyone else to come in their way. But I think that wasn't what players wanted. I think they wanted a more realistic experience of having to collide with the enemies, having to push allies out of the way as well. So yeah, we brought it back. So I have to ask, is Warhaven still slated for release later this year? Yes, so we can proudly announce that Warhaven is coming as early access uh, on the 21st of September this year. Oh, thank you so much for that. I'm sure players will be very thrilled. Uh, and so thank you so much for speaking with us. 너무 감사합니다.
네, 감사합니다. I can't wait for Warhaven. You can play Warhaven when it hits early access this fall. Until then, for all things video games, keep watching IGN. That was a look at Warhaven, the free-to-play PvP medieval fantasy combat game. Let's talk about how excited Jada is to bash goals in with hammers. You know how that is one of my favorite pastimes yeah, when, yeah. when it comes to video games. Well, know? hopefully that's the only time that you pass the time doing that that particular uh, action. But no, what, what did you think about Warhaven? Warhaven looks cool. I'm a, I'm a little... Interested to see how the swap from 16 on 16 to 12 on 12 is going to change the dynamic mm -hmm. of the game. I think uh, it'll be easier to get a squad together. Uh, I think it's a lot easier to get two than friends together, extra friends instead of three extra friends to, to form a squad, yeah. um, just by the fact of them being numbers and less people to corral and schedules as we all get older and trying to find time to play all these games together is tough. Um, but I think it looks good. I'm very interested to see what this next uh, beta they're doing, What uh, the reincarnation as the immortals mm -hmm. and see how that is when it's more of a center point for the combat um, because more people are going to just get access to it automatically unlike the traditional gameplay is going to be um, it'll be interesting to see how that kind of all functions out yeah Paris what was your take on this to me this looks like a well now a 12v12 for honor yeah. In a way, yeah. That, that's. I mean, Stella kind of... said, "Battlefield with swords." Yeah. I mean, <laughs> however you want to interpret it. Yeah. I mean, it looks interesting to me. I mean, it's not necessarily something that I personally would jump into day one. I think mm -hmm. I still need to see more. I I absolutely see the importance of beta testing this out absolutely. and trying to make sure that you're properly balancing it. And to your point about going from 16 down to 12, I think that that is actually a good thing because it's going to allow more full matches and easier to get people together to your point um and if i'm not mistaken there is a battle pass element to this yeah as they said well. battle pass mixed yeah. with monopoly yeah. yeah so i'm just gonna put up hotels all over you guys right. can come yeah. in and, and and you're well actually we can't pass go you can't so no. if you if you put up monopoly in there um but no this is i mean like from what what i was looking at for for my my taste this is this is a bit chaotic for me so i'm, I'm you know glad they kind of dialed it back a little bit uh, Kat, what what was your what was your read on this? I'm sort of surprised that the games like this, there aren't more games like this that yeah. have been really really successful. I mean, obviously we've had the aforementioned For Honor, mm -hmm. we've had Chivalry, things like that. I think that there's a real there's a sort of hunger for fantasy grand action team based combat. And so in that respect, I'm definitely willing to give it a chance. Uh, I'm excited for the inevitable crossovers that they end up doing. Yeah. So we're just oh, going to yeah. start getting Goku mm -hmm. in here for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you think those are the type of crossovers you think they meant? Or? Wow, Peacemaker, what's he doing <laughs> here? <laughs> like, how did he travel the to this time? That'd be amazing, actually. Uh, now, uh, this this has a, a 6v6 mode uh, for, for Team Deathmatch. Uh, what, what, and some other modes. Uh, what are some of the elements that we think uh, gamers will be most excited to experience uh, with Warhaven? I mean, I think, you know, everybody's a fan of Team Deathmatch, just, mm -hmm. you know, brawling in a, in a big arena. Yeah. Uh, Capture the Flag is always always a good one, as they said. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I think they might be overemphasizing the, everybody's love of Capture the Flag. I was like, mm -hmm. I enjoy it, but I don't know if I would ever put Capture the Flag as like my pinnacle mode in a game. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I think seeing what these the deathmatch modes kind of look like, I think that's going to be for me because I think that's where you're going to get 
the biggest spectacle because everybody's going to be fighting. So more people right. are going to be reincarnating yeah. as these immortals. And so, mm -hmm. and then just kind of keep escalating bigger and bigger. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it kind of really reminds me of is uh, Star Wars Battlefront to where okay. you could reincarnate oh, yeah. as the yeah. Jedi yeah. and or yeah. as, you know, as Han and all these different things and give you those kind of bigger power bonuses. It reminds me a lot of that kind of uh, formula. Mm -hmm. so. so you you control the control points similar to we were just talking about battlefield right? yeah i always thought that was the purest form the of, dominion kind of yeah yeah battlefront didn't really have that it yes. sort of had that and it had these multi-phases and everything it got too complicated keep it simple that's what i always say with these kinds of games yeah. let the players make it complex mm-hmm like I, I, honestly, for for me, for I, I haven't played a game like this since the days of like Dynasty Warriors. Right. Yeah. Like um, this, it'll be interesting to play this now as as something similar to that now as an adult because I, I I don't know. There's just a lot going on right now on on the screen at once, and so I kind of get like intimidated when I, you know when I come across games like this, but. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm definitely going to check it out if, if, if y'all will join me. I like a multiplayer Dynasty Warriors. That's kind of fun, actually. It's a cool idea. So that means that we start need to start getting Dragon Quest versions of this, and Gundam versions <laughs> of this. Let's go. Yeah, definitely. Give me some Gundams. <laughs> now, there is, uh, I, I believe they mentioned there, there's a beta coming up, correct? Yeah. Yes. Uh, mm. Does anyone here plan on taking part in that and kind of... I'll at least check it out. Yeah. I mean, it. I think it's a early access starting yeah. September 21st. Early access, yes. Um, but yeah, it's going <clears> to <throat> PC, Steam, so... I think I'm more likely to play this than First Descendant just because I'm more competitive than I am okay. cooperative. I do want to destroy all of you. I'm sorry. <laughs> Unbelievable. So you're I'm more cooperative, but yeah. you know, I will crush people when they need to be crushed. All right. Well, that, that's good to know. Uh, but please don't crush me. I, I have a job to do. We all have jobs to do right now. Um, okay. Well, we need to take another quick break, but we still have so much more to talk about right here on Gamescom Studio Opening Night Live. Stay tuned. Well, hello and welcome back. Now, so much left to get hyped about here on Gamescom Studio Opening Night Live. Now, up next, we've got something special, an exclusive behind-the-scenes look at what goes into making the bodies hit the floor while developing the newly announced Killing Floor 3. Take a look. With Killing Floor 3, we're kind of grounding it in a little bit more action horror. It's set in a near future with a heavy dose of dystopia behind it. So it's a little bit darker, a little bit more serious, a little bit more intense. Body horror is a love language of mine. Seeing the brief, I got very, very excited. It's one of those jobs that you see and you're like, I was literally made to make this. We worked internally with our concept artist, Alex Palma, to create a new concept and a new vision for what the Flesh Pound is. We were really looking for something that had a sense of body horror, but we didn't feel sympathetic towards this character. Like, it is a designed biomechanical killing machine. Kids growing up in the 80s, I mean, we were exposed to the best stuff. Comic books, movies, all of that. That kind of very much, I think, is instilled in the genetics of this cinematic. It was always being able to tread that fine line of what we show, what we don't show, what we imply. That to me is far more interesting as implying. And I was like, it'd be really cool if we found a comic book artist that got sequential storytelling and could do storyboards, but paint them up 
and make it almost like a graphic novel. We really tried to capture these monolithic oppressive shapes. So not only do they read in game, but we want players to clearly understand what this creature and this character's intent is as it's attacking them. Art direction and aesthetics was something that Neil has in his mind at the very beginning of the project. It helped us to develop overall look and feel of the of the trailer without wandering too much. All the assets that we see through the trailer, they're all coming from the same realm. They're all bright, hard surface elements that are slightly futuristic. Bringing the, the flash pound in the scene, we kind of made that perfect balance and contrast uh, between between materials because the flash pound is organic and uh, the rest is hard surface. Also, that helps us to, to bring more more focus on the, on the flash pound. When we're building this, we're still in the early stages of developing the game. So seeing the teaser trailer and the development of the game come hand in hand and the kind of the identity of the two uh, sharpen each other, it was incredibly rewarding to see. That was an exclusive extended look at Killing Floor 3 right here on Gamescom Studio Opening Night Live. Up next, here's an exclusive look at Fair of the Sundered Tribes. Check it out. And would you look at that, we're back. And there's been a lot of action games in this show, so let's chill out with a cool look at this cozy train game, Station to Station. Imagine a quiet world, ready to be connected. All aboard. green valleys, across wild frontiers, over harsh deserts. Witness life blooming along your tracks. Relax, unwind, flourish. 
world to life in Station to Station. Arriving October 3rd. All right, now, just before the break, we took a look at a slew of trailers, including Station to Station, Fair of the Sundered Tribes, and an exclusive extended behind-the-scenes trailer for Killing Floor 3, because, you know, those games are very related to one another. I'm just kidding. The only thing those games have in common is that they're, they're, they're video games. So let's talk about them all, okay? How about we start with the third-person action RPG, Farah the Sundered Tribes. Now this this is a, a third person multiplayer open world action RPG that that looks I don't know it looks like uh, the the Splatoon kids sprayed the Colossi and Shadow of the Colossus with their Splatoon guns, in my opinion. It's very colorful, big monsters. What are, what is our takeaway for this one, Jada? Let me let me start I was with getting, you. I was getting kind of Monster Hunter Dauntless yep. kind of vibes to it. There's a little bit of Valheim in there with mm -hmm. the kind of the building of your own town and stuff. Um, this is this one's made by Massive Damage. Yeah. Uh, they did Halicon 6. They did Star Renegades. I was a big fan of Star Renegades. Um, they did a really good job with storytelling, so I'm very excited to see how they kind of take any elements they pulled from that to put in this one. Mm -hmm. I don't think Star Renegades was a roguelike, so I don't think we're going to see a lot of those elements in this one. Um, but again, the movement looks big. It's got like kind of like the flying you see in like, what was it, Immortals Phoenix Rising, I believe, yeah, that's with, with flying around. Exactly, yep. yeah. And then also uh, the grapple hooks um, kind of reminds you of the clutch claw we got from mm -hmm. Monster Hunter. So like, it's got a lot of stuff mixed into it. Um, so it's got me intrigued. I'm intrigued by this one. Yeah, like I'm. I, I don't know. I'm. I'm like. I'm. I'm also. You know, curious about like the whole building aspect of, of the thing, which which kind of adds to just the aesthetic. And it's just beautiful. Like I love yeah, the vibrant it, colors. Paris, what's love, your what's it. your thoughts on yeah, this? Yeah, I mean, right. What you're saying. I, I yeah. love the art style that they have mm -hmm. for this game. Your Immortals Phoenix Rising was spot on. There was an indie game um, that recently came out as well called uh, Ravenlock. This this has mm. from a visual standpoint, this has some similarities to that as well, but. Yeah, I mean, it, it goes on the radar for me. I mean, it definitely looks interesting enough that I, I want to see more. I, I do need to see the building aspect play out more. In yeah, that. that would probably be the biggest thing for me. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Kat, I feel like, I don't know why, I feel like this game might be up your alley. Well, I do like RPGs. Um, <laughs> you like grappling. And grappling, apparently. Yeah, really and cute into that colorful one. monsters. I don't know yeah. if they're cute, really, but... but... Why do I have to kill them? I don't want to kill them. <laughs> you, just want to, you just want to tame them, yeah. your pet, ride them around? I want them around. to be my buddies. <laughs> or at least have them fight against one another in brutal combat. Yeah, I don't know, either. but... They should make a game about that. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I'd play what, that. what would it be called? I don't know. Some monster Battler? <laughs> monster yeah. Battler. Monster yeah. Battler. I like the, yeah, let's, let's go with that. Monsters are my friend, the video game. Mm -hmm. So I actually really liked Halcyon 6 and Star Renegades, both very good games. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, it reminds me a little bit of Dauntless, which is maybe not that much of a compliment. Yes. But that's mainly because of the aesthetic. Mm -hmm. If it wants to be better than Dauntless, I think it needs to have more depth in terms of the actual combat and the customization. Because mm -hmm. I would say Dauntless was a generally pretty good looking game, but it was not very fun to play. Mm -hmm. So when I look at this one, I think the big test is Monster Hunter is Monster Hunter because of its depth and because of the depth of the builds. Can this game actually hit at that? That is my big question, though I gotta say it is quite beautiful yeah. at various points. I like the water. I like the uh, ever since Tears of the Kingdom, I love the flying over huge distances mm -hmm. and everything. And this game 
has some of that. So it's uh, it's one to watch. Who would have thought that you know games giving us the ability just to fly wherever we want would be a successful Ooh. mechanic? Who would yeah. have guessed? I mean, it's it's a it's a vibe. <laughs> uh, now moving along to something that's a bit of a, a horrific vibe, I would have to say, Killing Floor Three. Uh, we have that lots of flesh pound shown off. Uh, now I've I've seen you know gore. I've never seen gore honestly look so good. I've never wanted gore so badly. What do we think of Killing Floor Three, Jada? I know you, you're 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 big into gore. I am big into gore. Uh, you know, the, anytime you play a game and there's a a boar that can gore you to death. It's a great game. You just um, wanted to rhyme. Yeah, I just wanted to rhyme. I like to <laughs> rhyme. Just let me go. Um, Killing Floor 3 looks cool. Um, obviously, this is all we got was behind the scenes stuff, showing off the new Flush Pounder enemy. Uh, that's a reoccurring enemy from the previous Killing Floor for people who aren't uh, initiated in the Killing Floor franchise yet. Uh, this one looks to be the goriest and just most devastating looking version of it. Um, so I'm very... Uh, scared and excited to uh, have this thing chasing me down the arenas that Killing Floor is usually normally has me being chased in, around Ooh. while killing things. I'm, I'm just like, I'm, I'm looking at what we're looking at on the screen right now. It, I'm just like, I'm terrified. Paris, what's your experience with uh, Killing Floor? Yeah, um, I played two, a lot of two, and yeah. really enjoyed it. So to see three coming out now, and like you said, they're just ramping up the gore factor in mm -hmm. this. I mean, sign me up. It's 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 terrifying, but you want to know something that's not terrifying? Trains. Hmm. Trains well, are not on, terrifying. Depends on where you're at, your perspective. Okay. Yes. You know, when if I it's play train Red, to Busan, yes, I, because yeah. that's a it's a yeah. There's zombies. I, I was but, thinking uh, like Red Dead when I tie people to the train tracks. Those people are terrifying. Oh wow, you are brutal. I, you were doing that. I. Gore, you told me I like gore. <laughs> I told you, you, you told, like gore. You told me, yes. <laughs> you like gore, Jada. Uh, but no, Station to Station, it's it's a it's a cozy train management sim game uh, with voxel graphics, similar to what uh, you, you've you seen in, in Minecraft, coming out October 3rd uh, on Steam. Uh, this, this game is, I would have to say, this is a vibe. Like, this mm -hmm. is, you know, obviously not similar to, you know, Killing Floor Three, but I feel like this—you can just get lost in this. What 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 is our takeaway from this I, one? I, I, I want to play a train game. Yeah, I want to play it. I, I was saying it right when we were watching it. I go, wait, this is right up my alley. This is like you said, it's a vibe. Mm -hmm. I totally could just get into that world and just start building out, you know, all my tracks. Lose a whole day a, of your put life. Put on a hat, and then I'm just choo choo and the whole. Okay, thing. I need to yeah. see that. I need <laughs> to see the whole ensemble. <laughs> It reminds me of Momotaro Dentetsu, which is a very long-running Japanese train series. Mm -hmm. Sort of like a board game train yeah. simulator yeah. thing. And uh, I think this might be more vibes than actual gameplay right. depth. But uh, I do love the I do love the voxel look. That's a very mm -hmm. clever approach to this, and uh, it. It just looks really relaxing. Yes, yeah. really nice. I wouldn't. I wouldn't count the depth out of this one because it's no, a management no. sim. So like, yeah. there's going to be some level of like push and pull when it comes to like balancing your resources, balancing your money, like building your perfect ideal track for your trains to just have a good time riding around, seeing all the wildlife. Yeah, uh, and like you said, Kat, I think you know the voxel look was perfect because you want to reel in that Minecraft audience. 
um, which I am not a part of. Yes, I am. I play Minecraft. Also, we could get some gore in this too if you know. We I don't want gore. <laughs> Janus, could you stop? I told you you like gore. I am telling you right now, you do not like gore. Okay? I'm taking the gore away from you. Ah, all right. Well, you know what? Uh, we're almost out of time here. But before we wrap, I got to ask you all watching at home what your thoughts are. Let us know in the comment section down below. But for my panel, same question. Uh, what did we think? Uh, what or uh, like some of the, the things that we're looking forward to with the rest of Gamescom. Paris, let me start with you. Then I'm for the rest of Gamescom? Uh, yeah, what, okay. Yeah, what are you looking forward to as well as what are your final thoughts, you know, today, opening night live? A game that I'm looking forward to hearing more about at Gamescom would be Stalker 2. That would probably okay. be at the top of my list okay. for that. Um, I would say overall for what we got out of opening night live, it was solid. This was mm -hmm. a solid lineup of games, some some good reveals, some some good second and third looks at some games that we already knew about. Yeah. So, again, Jeff Keighley does a great job with it and think, think he knocked it out of the park again. 100%. Jada, same question. I want to be surprised. That yep. is my the biggest thing a game can do to impress me at a conference like Gamescom is coming out of left field and just surprising me. I was not expecting this to come out. So I don't know what that surprise is, yeah. but I'm looking forward to being surprised. What about you, Kat? I think that we are blessed with so many amazing games right now. 100%. I agree. Uh, it's wild. I can't keep up with all of them. And even the ones that are stalwarts that we've known for, for a long time. Just look, Aces? Mm -hmm. Mortal Kombat 1 looks fan-freaking-tastic. Yes, they can keep showing it over and over again, and every time they do get a reaction out of fans and even out of myself. It's, uh, it's really impressive. I think Alan Wake 2 also looks really, really strong. I, Remedy's come such a long way. Yeah. And ever since the original Alan Wake and I, I love their vibe. I love uh, their their presentation and what they do with their games. Um, they have a personality. They have a voice. And I really respect that. So there's there's a lot to look forward to this fall, I think. Yeah. Uh, and for for me, uh, I really enjoyed I'm, I'm right there with you, Jada. Honestly, I want to be surprised. I want to see something that I really wasn't expecting uh, to come out of um, Gamescom this year. But for opening night live to, uh, today. Well, now I want to change my answer. What? You can't because take of, the same answer as me. I took your I, I put the gore in you. I'm taking that out and I'm taking your I'm taking your answer. You just too. you just all take a key. That's the take, take, I take. give too. I'm giving my thoughts, my final thoughts <laughs> okay, on the program. Zack Snyder coming out on that stage, mm -hmm. WWE style was just phenomenal. Um, and announcing that there's going to be a Rebel Moon video game, which I'm hoping uh, rivals Starfield. I think it could rival Starfield Paris. Well, would you, you agree? You, this you, is you mentioned the game that whose name shall not be said, but uh, I thought that had a good showing mm -hmm. at Opening Night Live as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, I think Todd Howard coming out on stage and talking about it more, the musical score that they had as well. 100%. It was I, a great way to kind of set the tone, too. Yeah, absolutely. Cool live-action commercial. I, I do love when they do a live-action commercials around their individual games. Yeah. One of the things I'm most... I'm very excited about Starfield. One of the things I'm most excited about Starfield is this is a great moment for Bethesda to build their own world from scratch. Mm -hmm. so Elder Scrolls borrowed, borrowed so much from D&D &D and Fallout, obviously, was an established franchise. All right, Todd Howard, blank canvas. What are you going <laughs> to give us? And we got a clear kind of look at it in this commercial for uh, this trailer for Starfield. Yeah, honestly, uh, I'm not going to lie. Maybe the, maybe it's the reason why I wear glasses. I thought that was just like Unreal Engine 6 or something. I didn't know what <laughs> I was like. Why does this look so realistic? You know, 
Um, but there, there's a lot, you know, we still have some time. Uh, there, there was a lot that we 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 didn't get to discuss off top. Um, so I kind of want to go down the line. Were, were there any games that we saw shown today that we didn't get to mention uh, at the top of, of the show? Like we saw... Uh, we saw uh, uh, some, you know, Marvel Snap. Marvel Snap had a showing here mm-hmm. um, as well. There's Little uh, Nightmares three that that we got saw at the beginning of the absolutely. show, which yeah. looks really cool. I'm really glad we're getting co-op finally. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm a big fan of the Little Nightmares series, so it's nice that I'll be able to play that with my partner at home. Mm-hmm. We didn't really talk about Sonic Superstars. Oh uh, yeah, let's let's break yeah. it down. I'm always down to talk about Sonic. Gotta go right, fast. Well, so, what, what what do you have to say about well Sonic, Sonic Superstars? So I love. OG 2D Sonic. This is a 2.5D Sonic. Uh And uh, it looks good. It doesn't look like Sonic Mania, which I loved. Uh Mm. And I think a lot of it will be like, well, how does this feel? Like, I I did actually get to play some of it at uh, Summer Summer Game Game Fest. Fest. And I did enjoy it. It did feel quite rough around the edges, I want to say. But I, I like that the friends are there. I'm intrigued by the battle mode. Let's see mm. what that what's going on yeah. with that. So, uh, Sonic Superstars. It's not going to be the game of the year 2022 like Sonic Frontiers, duh. But uh, it it looks it. I just Sonic has a, a groove right now. Very he's, much. He's on the move. He's just having a great <laughs> well, time. Yeah, he's constantly, constantly on, the on the move. He's got and to. Also, he's never rough around the edges. He's just a blur. Yeah. A Gaussian <laughs> just... blur around the edges, <laughs> usually. Um, I do have a couple from chat that yeah. are like games that they're excited for. Uh, so we got TB Toothbrush is looking forward to Starfield. That's their most looking for most their big one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Explosive Cat is Homeworld 3. Uh, yes. Uh, maybe Hugo. They might be Hugo. They might not be. Uh, Alan Wake Two and Starfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, default underscore AP is Alan Wake and Nightmare. Uh, Little Nightmares Three. Uh, Isaac Tekken Eight. Uh, and then let's see. Uh, Lude Sama. Starfield. Armored Core. Tekken Eight. Uh, so a lot of love for Starfield and Alan Wake in there. I have an underrated announcement that we haven't talked oh, about. Oh, you know what? We've been getting messages. Let's hear it. Is this a... Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. What's go going ahead on? Go ahead. A- a- no, Age of Empires 4 coming to Xbox. I actually think that's a big deal that okay. it's now yeah. finally coming to a console. I think it's going to introduce, because Age of Empires 2 actually had a pretty good run at the beginning mm-hmm. of the year coming to console. So now bringing 4, which is the newer game, to a console, you're just adding to it because they did a good job mapping over to the to the controller from mouse and keyboard yeah. so opening up an rts bringing it to, to a console thinks a big deal mm-hmm. and also i last but not least i should definitely mention for all those law and order fans out there ice t did appear <laughs> um uh talking about payday three he's gonna get his own heist mission so it's gonna be amazing that was not my mike tyson impression that was my ice t impression so Six just, in the morning, police gonna be at your door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was great to see Ice T. Very unexpected to just see him show up in black and white too. Uh, uh, I don't know why they put that that filter over him, but it's it's great. That's actually that's just him in real life. That's just he the just way I look fil- in real life. It's yeah. The filter just follows him. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I, I you know I know people are roasting me right now in, in the comments. Jada will let They're me know. Actually not. They're oh, good. great. Yeah, they like you. Well, you know what? I got some good news for everyone here and some bad news. Now, I'm going to start with the bad news. Gamescom Studio Opening Night Live is coming to a close. Now, the good news, this was only the opening night, and Gamescom is just getting started. And we've got five whole days of coverage planned right here 
on Gamescom Studio. Now make sure you don't miss the Gamescom Award Show this Friday, where we'll celebrate the best of this year's event or the Gamescom Cosplay Contest on Sunday, where we'll be showcasing some incredible, and I mean incredible, fan-made costumes. Plus, tons of coverage in between giving you a look at the biggest upcoming games. Now, you can catch all of this right here on Gamescom Studio Live on IGN. And make sure you're following Gamescom's official accounts on your platform of choice. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube. Plus, keep an eye on now.gamescom.global. And with that, from all of us here at IGN, thanks for watching. We'll see you tomorrow. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.